What's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have a really special guest and friend that I just met. (laughs) She is British podcaster, host of The Social Saint podcast, and published writer, Rianne Walters. How are you doing today, Rianne? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be on the same show. It's a great opportunity. I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> good. I'm I'm super excited to have you on as well. I really was looking <laughs> forward to this. I even, you know, was telling everybody, you know, I got my first international guest in the United <laughs> Kingdom. So. Yeah, yeah. That's I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So again, super excited to have you on the show today. A uh, really quick before I introduce the topics, I want to do like I always do. I want to shout out all the listeners in all 60 plus countries and wow. especially my UK listeners. We got somebody from <laughs> your homeland here. So shout out <laughs> to you guys um, and everybody everywhere else for continuing to like, share, subscribe and supporting the same show and helping us elevate to new levels. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at sane underscore show that's sane s-a-n-e underscore show on instagram and twitter and then you can find us on facebook the sane show again on facebook that's the sane show so today we're going to have a conversation about the global black experience then we're also going to have a conversation about global religion and the power of religious communication And then following those two topics, we're going to have an interview with you, Rianne, so that the listeners can learn more about you, the things you do, your show, and all the fun things that go along with that. Nice. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic, the global Black experience. And I couldn't wait to talk about this. Uh, (laughs) Again, (laughs) we met on Clubhouse, which is the the new social media apps for for those of you that aren't fully aware of it and you communicate in chat rooms and it's audio only. So, um, you know, I've, I've been on there for about a month now and uh, Rianne and uh, lots of other people were some of the first people that, that I met and, you know, been able to connect with on a daily basis for the most part. And it's really been a unique experience, especially, be, you know, you being black and in the UK, me being black and in America and, you know, one of the conversations that we have quite often with our peers on Clubhouse is the global Black experience and yeah. learning from each other about what it is, what is it like to be Black in America? What is it like to be Black in the United Kingdom and other parts yeah. of the world? So uh, I want to hand it to you really quick, Rianne, just to, uh-huh. for you to share some of your thoughts as it relates to the global Black experience. Yeah. So it's really interesting because it's quite easy to like, like you said, I think the common misconception, I think like there's loads of like misconceptions of what it means to be like black in the UK. Like a lot of people don't even know that there's black British people. So I think one of the <laughs> one of the um, interesting experiences is like really meeting different people from different places and being just really blown away by how actually similar that we can be like, um, and just how being black really is like a cultural thing more than just like a race thing, you know? And it's really been interesting just to get to know so many people um, in, in the States and just their experiences, especially across the different states of America and how that experience even varies 
so intricately between the different states it's been it's been really interesting um but like some of the things that I find is that that is quite the whole sense of like black identity is still quite prevalent in all black cultures like I think it's quite clear from this app that everyone that is black is really proud to be black and it's like that is one of the first identifiers when people are describing themselves that always comes up and it's that whole thing of even when you ask people like oh where are you from the answer to that question might be different but the fact that we're black remains the same and what is interesting is I always you know before I got to connect with um you all on Clubhouse I always thought um American uh, black Americans identified as like African-American like but actually speaking with a lot of you on Clubhouse has shown me that you we all kind of identify as black like and I think that that's quite there's a lot of strength and power even in that term in that word um and I think it's really really interesting it's been a beautiful experience just to see what so many black people in the diaspora still feel and experience day to day so it's been really really interesting yeah it really has and I've been raving about the experience and, you know, I, I say this time and time again, and, you know, I'll tell the listeners, like, it, it's, it's really beautiful to see all of our kinfolk, as we like to say, <laughs> come together and bridge these gaps, right? Yeah. And, and I even went to say this um, last night, actually, that it's almost like a virtual study abroad opportunity for us Mm. because we talk so frequently in that in every conversation we're learning something new i mean not even the uh you know obviously the cultural aspects of being black but also you know the political side of it right and understanding you know getting a deeper understanding for our perspective countries on all level from the, you know, the, at least here, how, you know, we call our federal level, our state level, and even a local level. And then just understanding how in the different, because as you said, right, in the United States, the black experience is different in different areas of the country. Mm. And, and also talking to you guys, it's different in different parts yeah. of the country and, and, and also in other parts of Europe. And so mm-hmm. having those conversations and it's just, it just really does my heart joy mm-hmm. to be able to, to bridge those gaps. And, you know, something else I wanted to you know bring up too is the media, you know, yeah. and the industry, because I've, I've even heard this from friends who, who aren't black, who have parents, who, who've moved into the country and really coming to learn that American media has a way of portraying black Americans in the media, which can portray us in a certain light abroad Mm. and also in a way that is a misconception. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so when we come to have conversations with people, because that not with you per se, but with, you know, some other people, uh, other black people in the UK learning that, you know, oh, well, you know, we saw this and we, we had this yeah. idea of, you know, black Americans and we thought, yeah. you know, you guys act like this or you guys do that. And, you know, us having to come back and say, no, 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 that's mm. all wrong. Some of the, some of those things that you hear, no, yeah. that's not true. You know, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's all entertainment or either misinformation. 
And unfortunately, mm-hmm. like we we don't have as much control over that as we would like. Obviously, all of us are doing what we can to change mm-hmm. the narrative. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that. That's what it is when we go into these other places. So, you know, and I, I will say I, I, I have to say I appreciate the Clubhouse app mm-hmm. to create a space to allow yeah. these kinds of conversations to happen mm-hmm. and to allow for us to come together as a people and be able to have these conversations and to be able to learn from each other and yeah. be able to share things with each other. That's what I love too. Like we, <laughs> uh, like, like, yeah. you know, the, uh, from, from recipes to style, you know, uh, styles yeah. or, uh, even the running uh, joke about kettles. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up too. It's like this whole discussion about do Americans have kettles? Like I couldn't <laughs> fathom how anyone has a house and doesn't have a kettle in their house. And that's like a major <laughs> point of contention on the app. Like who is living without a kettle? And it's just so funny that these little minor details that you just think, oh, everyone lives like this. Everyone does that. Everyone travels like this. And everyone has these thoughts. It's so interesting because I think Clubhouse really amplifies those nuances in our our day-to-day experiences. And I think it's really interesting. But what you mentioned, just going back to your point about the media and the portrayal of Black people in the media, I especially think that's true. And I think that one of the things that you mentioned was just like how people can have a misconstrued um, view of what Black Americans are like. And I think for me, that was particularly true, especially when it came to places like Chicago and the crime in Chicago. I really had a misconstrued understanding of what that looked like. And until I started to really speak to you guys on the app and get to know people and speak about their experiences, and even what it means to live in like Atlanta and just different spaces. Uh, it's been so, uh, um, just it's such amazing learning experience. Like you mentioned, it's just like, it's like being abroad <laughs> for a year. It's like right. a condensed time of just learning so much of, about you guys, you, your, your, all of your like sort of day-to-day experiences and what it means and how, it, how you function adequately as a black American where, where you are located. It's just super interesting. Yeah, for sure. And when I think about the pandemic as well, obviously there is, you know, it sucks that, you know, as a global community that we are all in the position that we're in. Mm. But this is one of the many things I will say, many yeah. positive things that has come out of this because we're all at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't think that an app like Clubhouse probably would have taken off like it did had we been going about life as we previously knew it yeah and so when I think about all of us who are on Clubhouse I think this is really truly our way of taking advantage of the opportunity because this is now the time to to do this to be able to spend that that time on that app because I mean heck we wouldn't be able to do it and you know I'm on there quite a bit and you know, I wouldn't be able to do that in the office you know so yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that I had the opportunity to be able to communicate with you know my my brothers and sisters across the pond and being able to bridge the gap and you know create such uh, wonderful and meaningful connections absolutely and I think that it's been a great traveling experience actually ironically that we've never none of us have lived like left our homes but we've traveled a lot 
I've been and I've met people in Paris. I've been and I've met people in the US. I've met people from Brazil and from Africa. And it's been a great traveling experience whilst I've remained within the four walls of my home. So I think it's quite ironic, actually, that the pandemic has brought us to this to this space. Um, and I'm, I'm actually so, so grateful for it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. So now we're going to have a conversation about global religion and the power of religious communication. So you and I, Rianne, are both Christians yeah. and we practice our faith. And you know, I thought this was a wonderful topic, obviously because mm-hmm. of the show that you have, you know, the Social Saint podcast. I find it rather unique. And I think the concept of your platform speaks really to a bigger picture and not just speaking to you know, people being in the world as Christians, but also Muslims and Jews and mm. uh, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever people practice. And as far as how people move around the world and still be able to you know, hold true to their faith and not having to force it down somebody's throat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this topic in particular, as especially again, you having the podcast that you have and you know mm. doing the things that you do. Because as I mentioned to you earlier, you know when I when I listen to your show, I don't see a difference in the Rianne that I'm speaking to mm. outside of the podcast. Mm. So I'm I'm definitely interested again to to get your thoughts. So if you could please, yeah, um, you'll share sure. with the listeners. Yeah. So for me, I think, I mean, if we go into like why I started the podcast, I, I, I think it was for me, it was a podcast that was completely driven by the motive of communication. And I think a lot of people start podcasts and they've really blown up recently for many different reasons. And I think a lot of people have started them with different sort of intentions, um, some to educate, some to bring light to situations, some to uh make a safe space where people can communicate but there's, there's been loads of different reasons but I think for me the biggest like driving force for me creating the social saint was mainly to just create a space where I felt like we could communicate and there could be open dialogue especially faith on faith-based topics um, but also just social topics that I didn't didn't feel were being addressed in the church and outside of the church and I felt like there were some things that were happening in the world outside of the church that weren't being addressed behind the pulpit. And there were some things that were happening within the church, within the community that nobody was speaking about. And I wanted to be able to create a space that I could blend the two. Um, And I felt like um, I wasn't seeing that anywhere. I wasn't seeing, you know, I would listen to podcasts that were Christian podcasts and they'd be like heavily theological and it'd be super interesting. And um, I'd learn a lot very intellectual podcast but I didn't feel like I necessarily connected with anything per se or related to anyone that was speaking on the podcast or felt any kind of relation to that podcast and then I was listening to more social podcasts that were produced by people that weren't Christians and I felt that kind of social aspect but I wasn't necessarily gleaning anything I wasn't learning anything and so for me what I really wanted to do was create the to blend the two and that's why it's literally called the social saint i wanted to create a podcast that was both socially relevant whilst continuing to 
to speak and cover those faith-based conversations I felt were really, really important. And so that was one of the driving, driving forces for the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, you know, I even think about, I didn't have really, uh, you know, I like to say, I don't like to assume, right? I don't want to just mm-hmm. jump in like, oh, okay, the social saint, mm-hmm. right? You see saint, yeah. like, oh, she's yeah. on, she's going to be on here you know, quoting yeah. Bible verses and, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and condemning yeah. all of us. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. especially because knowing you before knowing the show, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to give this a chance. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, you know, you know, going into it, I, I had a, let's say after reading the description of the show, I, mm-hmm. I developed uh, some sort of a perception of what mm. it might be, but it yeah. was, it wasn't even that. Yeah, and, and that's the cool part. And it's like mm. this, this again. That's why I say it's like having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just like having a conversation with you. Yeah, outside of the show, but in the and again in speaking to the bigger picture because I think one of the things that's important for me and as a Christian is like like you said, right? We're in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, come on, <laughs> and, you better preach. <laughs> right, and uh, but also speaking to my next point of, you know, it's all in your essence, mm. right? And I think people miss that in all of these communications and stuff because it's all about, you know, you, you carry yourself and, and, you know, sometimes mm. people ask and or sometimes people assume and they're like, oh, okay, you know, you're not like the, the rest of these yeah. people out here who are out here alienating everyone and because I don't care what it is, right? Mm. Like whether you're trying to influence somebody um, when it comes to their uh, religion or whether it comes Mm. to politics, like people are going to be more accepting of those who are like you, it's almost like a respect thing, right? You have to give respect in order to receive respect. Like no matter what your viewpoints are, if you treat people a certain way, but then you want them to see things the way you see them. If you're not mm. respecting them, then they're not, you know, they're going to look at your viewpoints like, oh, okay, whatever this guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is, it's so true. Yeah. 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 And it's like, yo, I, like, I, I'm not with that because yeah. you just out here disrespecting everybody. And, yeah. And then anything like it's important to come from a place of, of love and mm. um, being understanding and, you know, again not in every conversation like having to make the focal point about whatever it is that you want people to fall in line with yeah yeah absolutely and I think one of the things to me what you mentioned it not long ago was just like dealing with the assumptions and that was another massive reason as to me creating the podcast was there's a lot of assumptions and I think listening to the podcast and coming into the podcast there is a lot of assumptions that people have like similar to yourself people thought you know, people have said to me, I thought it was going to be like a real Bible, like dissecting, you know, the, like a really like what I mentioned before, heavily theological podcast. And they listen to it and it's not at all what they expected. And um, I've had some of my friends that aren't Christians listen to it and think, oh, I really enjoy it because it's like, I, it's just like seeing life from a complete different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's stuff that I can see and I can recognize and I can relate to. And so it's so true because what what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a podcast that embodied exactly what I think it's what Paul says in first Corinthians and not to bring up my Bible but I think he says um he kind of mentions like to 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 the to the to those under the law I I live under the law to those without law I live without law to the weak I become weak I become all things to all men 
with the possibility that I, with the means that I might win some. And I think that that's completely what Christians, as Christians, we ought to be. We, you know, we, we remain rooted in Christ ultimately, but you have to be adaptable, be flexible and be relatable to all people that they may wish to relate to and be like you, if that makes sense. And you, you it's like, you have to be willing to bend and to, to make and maneuver to make others be able to see what you are. And I still, like you mentioned earlier, I still live in the world. I may not be of the world, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus, but I, I see myself in this space. And if I'm to ever get said person to believe what I believe, I have to first understand where they stand, you know, what perspective they're coming from. And I think for me, part of the massive driving force was this, for this podcast was to stand and to sit with people where they were at, both Christians and non-Christians. I've had a lot of non-Christians on the podcast too, to sit with them where they're at and really connect and say, this is this is what I see. This is what you see. Let's discuss this. Let's unpack this. And what, where, where do we move forward? Because actually often our goals aren't so different it's just our paths might be and I think that for me it's really just about creating a space and an environment where that conversation can be had because a lot of people have got negative preconceptions of what a Christian is and what the church is like either they think it's boring or they think they're really judgmental or they think Christians are really you know think of themselves higher and what I wanted to, to explain to people and to show, not just to say I am, but to actually be, was a Christian that people could see and relate to and and actually use as a as a as, as a um sort of like a an example of what what an a, a true just believer in Christ. I often say I'm not the perfect saint, I'm just a humbled sinner. Like I'm I'm still living in a world where I have to repent of my sins. I'm still living in a world where I have to look to Christ as my savior. So I'm not, I've not been made perfect as of yet. So I'm still, I'm still no perfect person. Do you see what I mean? I'm just someone that's willing to work out those things. And um, I'm willing to take people on that journey with me. All right, we're back. Now for the interview. So, Rianne, I'm going to go ahead and fire off some questions so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, the things that you do, and all the fun things that go along with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my okay. first question to you, when you were planning your podcast, you seemed to notice a lack of space for Christian or faith-based voices with a British perspective, but that America was a land of plenty for faith-based content of all types. Why do you feel there's a difference in the two nations and their availability of content? Oh, that's that's a really good question. Well, really, it comes down to like, well, first of all, America is massive. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> you know, the general population of America is like, I mean, like compared to the UK, it's just like, you know, crazy. I think it's like 300 million people in America. And it's like the UK is like 66 million. So it's a, it's a lot bigger. But then on top of that, like even the proportion of Christians is like a lot of America is Christian. So it's two, I think it's like 200 million Americans identify as Christian. Um, so quite a large population of America already identifies Christian. So I think that the Christian culture is probably like more of the, the main faith, faith, like sort of social, like 
watched, I don't know how to word this, but yeah, I think like Christianity is kind of the main faith in America. Whereas with the UK, I think um, over time it has become a bit more secularized and it, it is less, um, we are seeing that even though it is kind of like still here and there, where the, for us, it was what we call the separation of church and state, um, it's, it's, it has become like kind of a back burner, if that makes sense. Like Christianity in and of itself has kind of been pushed to the back burner and the, the society has become more secularized. So I think in general, we do see less kind of people identifying as Christians. But on top of that, if you just look at like church history, um, especially when it comes to like media, um, America's like where the whole televangelism started, like the whole, all the evangelists evangelizing on television and all those shows where people would be preaching and those networks which were just solely devoted to sharing the gospel that was all kind of started in America and I think the progression of that naturally has always just come from America so we see like you know Christian YouTubers and podcasters and all of these spaces being created um whereas in the UK um you know it is it's a bit it's we see less of that you know and especially within the black community so it's it's quite it's quite interesting because I would I would I didn't I don't know when I noticed it but I would always be like looking for you know different sermons to listen to or theologians to read and stuff like that and I would always find I was going to American sources and I don't know when I kind of noticed this but I was like there's not a lot of black especially women speaking on their Christian faith in like media spaces like podcasts and YouTube and stuff like that and so I just thought oh maybe that's something I could do maybe I could fill that gap so that others could see someone that looked like them um, once again kind of feeling that sort of social like relatability and maybe relate to me so um, that's kind of what I saw it as but I do I do definitely think it comes down to the history of America and the faith that's there and I think that even when you connect it to like politics I think faith is really like to say you're like a evangelical Christian in America is a socio-political statement whereas to say you're a Christian in the UK kind of doesn't really mean much other than what you do on Sunday morning um, to most people so it's interesting because people don't really attach your faith to your political beliefs as much as they do maybe in the US so Mm -hmm. it is really it is really interesting to see how that's kind of developed in what we also put out um, in entertainment and in the media too. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you for that. <laughs> Before beginning as a podcaster, you were a writer, specifically mm-hmm. with your own blog. Yep. Why did you make the transition and what are some of the skills that you have brought with you from blogging to podcasting? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did have a blog that was called um, The Faithful Scribe. That was something I loved. I loved doing. Writing has always been my heart and I've loved writing and I will always write. It's something I still do now. Um, but the the main reason for moving over to a podcast was literally because I just kept feeling like I would have amazing conversations with people, really just interesting, intellectual, just honest raw conversations and I felt like even if I tried to write this down and put it out there it just wouldn't quite capture the beauty of it and the essence of the conversations and you know podcasting is something I've always loved to listen to and I just thought well I should put myself out there and make one and that's kind of the main main driving force of it I just kept having amazing conversations that I just felt shouldn't stop with me I just felt like the others should hear it too 
so that's kind of why I made the transition from writing to podcasting but also because people's attention span in this day and age is like it's gone it's gone to you know potty like nobody can concentrate for more than like five minutes on anything if it's written so I just felt like I was writing these posts and you know people you weren't reading them as much and you know as soon as I started podcasting I saw so much such a high interaction with it because people can listen to it whilst they're doing other things and so it, it that was the main reason in terms of skills taken across just generally I think just like the ability to see just the beauty in and like sort of the essence in the smaller things or like the just like the social topics that like I said because from my blog to now I've always remained wanting to speak about things that I didn't think were being spoken about so that skill of being able to really tap into a topic and unpacking it is something that I've kind of carried across both platforms um, and also just continuously creating that faith-based religious relatable conversation yeah just being able to bring those across is something I've been able to do. Okay. I can I can definitely agree with that. <laughs> as far as like the blog people reading blog posts versus listening yeah. to a podcast. <laughs> um, so what, if any, misconceptions do you face when you tell people you host a Christian podcast? Yeah, oh that's a good one. So at first I didn't tell people for a long time, uh, when they asked me what I did and stuff like that, you know, and then people would find out I was like, ah but yeah, so I don't really face many misconceptions. I do, I think one thing I'm always self-conscious about is I hope people don't think that that, that's just because I host a podcast, I assume I know everything about everything I'm talking about. That's something I'm always wary of. And I try to make clear in my podcast that I'm not necessarily well-versed in any kind of topic per se. But I do think something that, and I think I mentioned it earlier, is a lot of people think it's going to, they're going to sit and they're going to hear a really heavily theological breakdown of scripture and that's not really what my podcast is about so I think that's the main kind of misconception I have is that people think they're about to listen to something where I unpack the bible and then when I go no I'm speaking about social media I'm speaking about um like uh misogynoir in the workplace I'm speaking about different stuff people are really oh okay uh how does that relate to Christ I'm like well listen to the podcast and you'll find out so Mm -hmm. just trying trying to encourage people to understand that we can talk about things to do with the with faith that isn't necessarily just unpacking scripture so yeah that's probably one of the main ones (laughs) (laughs) so my last question there is a uniformity of certain narratives experiences and social expectations that plague women globally especially in the Mm -hmm. professional world therefore Mm -hmm. there has been growth in the uniformity of global protests for women to feel Mm -hmm. heard do you consider your experience one of those stories heard and why have global demonstrations of female identifying voice and autonomy still not been recognized? Oh, that's a, that's a really interesting <laughs> and long, long question there. But um, no, yeah, definitely. I think we can all kind of say that we've seen how women have been portrayed and have been pushed to the side, you know, in, in the larger conversations within society. Me, myself, where do I place myself? That's a, that's a good good question I think for me I would I always recognize my privilege in the sense that historically speaking I am able to do a lot more than what women could do even 25 years ago 
I think I read somewhere that it was only in 1975 that women could have their own bank accounts. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's insane. Because <laughs> it's like, you couldn't even imagine now not being able to have my own bank account. And now I'm starting up, you know, registering my own companies and all of this stuff. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's insane to me. Um, so I, I always, first of all, want to recognize my privilege, but also recognize the present, which is that I do feel like it is really my responsibility to continue speaking out for women who are marginalized within society especially women black women and other women of color and just speaking out for them and just creating spaces where they do feel safe and they do feel like they can be heard um, and I think that once we can do that within our community we can also be pushed to have those conversations we can also push to have those conversations outside of our communities and I do think that's something I've think is near and dear to my heart and I do think is my responsibility as a woman um moving forward I I really you know in looking into the future I do hope that it, it, it can be that being a woman isn't seen as sort of a qualifier or a, a disqualifier for certain job roles or for certain um spaces where they can speak or just that because right now I feel like we're, we're kind of being able to step into spaces where on paper things are looking a bit more equal like we no one can discriminate us on paper anymore because it's just called out but still within society there's these nuanced kind of uh relational expectations that people have of women or of men and I think that just kind of really breaking those down and thinking well first of all are these right are they true what are they where are they being where are they coming from and as a Christian I'll always have a biblical perspective of that and that will always remain true but um and I will always push for that to be true but at the same time I think it's also important to just see the power dynamics and how really working to unpack those and to address those in society remains not only the responsibility of women but of men as well so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh thank you for that that was that was a really great answer um and thank you for uh taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show yeah. today i really appreciate <laughs> it and i really enjoyed the conversation this actually went by super fast yeah so, it did <laughs> you know how they say time flies when you're having fun so absolutely <laughs> if you could before i let you go uh let the listeners know where they can find you and also find your podcast the social saint podcast <laughs> so that they can keep up with you and also check out your episodes yeah sure so i'm rianne waters and you can find me on instagram uh, at rianne waters but with r-i-a-n-n-e because i know a lot of people put h in there <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> my um that's my instagram so you can find me on there or and the social saint podcast is literally at the social saint podcast on instagram so you can find us there i post all the episodes and stuff that we're doing over there and if you actually want to listen to the podcast you can find us on all streaming podcast platforms so apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast um anchor so we're, we're on most platforms just the social saint podcast so yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> well thank you again rianne i know i'll be talking to you soon <laughs> yes <laughs> and thank you again listeners i really appreciate you guys love you guys and thank you all for continuing to show your support. Please go and check out Rianne's podcast and show her some love. Follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Definitely stay on top of everything she's got going on. And yeah. you guys are listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.